everybody, and welcome to a trash talking wild ride with Steve. We got Chael Sonnen. He's like the original OG trash talker of the UFC. And man, is he open about his cheating with performance enhancing drugs? He'll just come out and tell you everything about. I mean, dude, the guy's an open book. It's so fascinating talking to him. And, uh, man, there's nothing that he won't talk about. <laughs> it's like, dude, it's juicy, it's crazy, and let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Chael Sonnen. Yeah, dude. Mm, all right. Look yeah, at man. you. Look at you made it. Your little idea looks like it worked out, huh? It's very cool, man. Thank Go you. Go on TV, do some crazy stuff. Something called the internet. And here we are. Yeah. It's not unlike what you've been doing, where you've got your own hustle, your your own livelihood, everything, and, and uh, you're killing it, man. Thanks, we, buddy. we love your content. Um, you met my co-host, Scott Randolph. Yes. yes. How are you, Scott? Chael over here. And our new co-host, Vinny. What's, What's up, up Vinny? Nice to meet you. Oh, you're holding the mic? Am I taking the, Am I supposed to be in this nah, spot? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're absolutely supposed to be in the, this spot. What do you think of these? These all right? I, th I think they're great, I'm man. new to them. It Why don't you wear them on camera? Are... I, well, I, I'm, I'm new to them. And some people teased me online. They said that I look like a guy named Bubbles. From a, from a, yeah, it's like a South <laughs> yeah, Park or something. Yeah, they yeah, called yeah. me Bubbles. And I wrote them back and said, is that, a, is that good or bad or, you know? I can tell just by looking at them from here that they're pretty heavy prescriptions. Yes. Yeah. I went in to get my eyes checked. And... Right, just right over here. As a matter of fact, and they said, "There's, we can't help you." They said, "You got to go down to Rite Aid. You got to get something called Readers." They said, "What are those?" They said, "Look, they're right up, they're right up front. Go to any drugstore, they're yeah. right up front." So I got the glasses, and my wife helped me pick out the lenses. That's a very personal decision when you're gonna, you know, yeah. you're changing the whole look of how you're gonna forever. I know, I, I, I like it. Thank you, buddy. I like it. I, you, I, and uh, you would tell me, right? You go. Yeah, yeah no, I think yeah, it's okay. great. I wear glasses. I yeah. think it's cool. Um, if LASIK was an option that would work for me and make my eyes twenty twenty. I kind of still like the glasses. Sure. Yeah, it's on brand for you. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess. I don't know. Sometimes I want to wear them. Sometimes I don't. But yeah. Um, so we're, we're here in the mean streets of West Lynn, yes. Oregon. How I'm mean? Impressed. How mean is it? It's pretty rough. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you saw around here. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I'm surprised you guys came. I really thought this was a, I thought it was a gag. I even made a video as I was coming. I've been catfished twice. I got catfished by a gal named Aspen Ladd. I got catfished by this uh, Hollywood producer, a female, and I was going to do this Clint Eastwood movie, and I had to do this love scene with her over the phone. I had to make kissy noises to her. This was part of the catfish, and then, you know, pretty soon it's, hey, send 5,000 in Bitcoin over here. Your kissy voice goes out to the world. Oh, wow. And, uh, and so then I thought, well, God damn it, Steve-O might be catfishing me. So I, I actually filmed as I pulled up and turned into the great big bus with you guys. Yeah, this is cool, man. Um, I would have come to you guys, by the way. This was nice of you to drive all the way to little old me. Ah, oh, man. We, we, it's important to us to make that make it convenient for the guests. That's why it's a mobile operation. Um, Aspen Ladd, UFC fighter, yep. recently released from the UFC. That's right. Um, no, you got it right. She missed weight. And yeah. I want to say four times. Yeah. I know three, but I want to say four. Ended up in the PFL. Had a big debut, and she just won. And I'm acting like we're old friends, because I thought we were, and then I found out it's not even her. She might not even know I exist, but I've got, like, years of, of, of DMs going back and wow. forth with her. Yeah. And then the person actually comes out and goes, hey, by the way, you know, I, did, I, I just work for her. Like, just so you know. <laughs> well, I appreciate so that's, that. That's not quite a catfish. It's in the ballpark. What do you think of kissy face? A kissy face is a catfish. 
Uh, well, the ca- a catfish is more like some somebody right. pretending to be somebody else, right? And then you go and meet this person, and it's com- someone completely different. Oh, you have to meet for it to be a catfish. You have to meet. All right, because <laughs> Kissy Face and it gets just give me. You know, uh, Bill Goldberg, the pro wrestler, great big. Yeah, Bill, sure. he was also. So it's like a collage of Bill and I doing the kissy face with her. You know? Okay. I thought you guys would have heard of this. I thought it was going to be fun. Like, oh, chill. Yeah, I was going to bring this up. N- now n- I feel n- like a fool that I brought it up. No, dude. Never I should have stayed on the glasses routine. <laughs> you're, not a, you're, you're not a fool at all. Um, you're actually, like, shockingly articulate and, and educated. It's, Thank it's, you, buddy. It's, it's, it's almost wildly counterintuitive that you're a fighter. When you're so well spoken and it, it's great, like well, you went to uh, University of Oregon. Yes, about two hours that way. Yeah, put in perspective for you. So you know our state. A good student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like school. Yeah, I was on the pursuit of knowledge. I thought like it was important to you know get certified smart by somebody, and <laughs> yeah, I paid my dues and the whole bit. But I look yeah. back on it now. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've got a little bit of a battle. With, uh, I've got a little bit of battle with uh, higher education. I will be governor of this state someday, but that will be part of my platform. Uh, we, we've been praising the people that go to the school long enough. Pretty soon when you start praising the folks that built the school, I feel like those are uh, kind of the unsung heroes around here. Me, a lot of changes when old Chael takes over. It's going to be a lot sooner than you think, by the way. I, I like it. Hmm. I like it. Uh, did you go to the University of Oregon on a wrestling scholarship? Yes. Yeah, they had a wrestling pro- great program. We had... Uh, Oregon, where I went, Oregon State was our big rival. Portland State, I mean, that was just within Oregon. They've dropped them all. Boise State, they had it. Uh, just on the other side of the uh, UC Davis, where Uriah Faber went just by example. They've dropped them all. We have Oregon State still. Chris Pendleton's come in, but uh, wrestling's under attack. When I was there, though, in the 90s, uh, it, it was still big and still a lot of opportunity for guys. Not now, though. Sadly. Yeah. Why is that? You know, it's a hard sport, and... It's very respected by people, but the guys in the sport do not speak up. They don't demand anything. They won't ask for money. Uh, coaches aren't paid, uh, and that goes all the way to the grassroots on the smallest of levels. All, uh, the clubs, it's it's kind of known as a poor man's sport, which I think there's a lot of honor in that. But the other side of it is when it's time to speak up, and it, and it is all about money, wrestling never has any. They never have any to chip in, and they're the first ones to get the ax. Yeah, because not a lot of people go to watch a wrestling event. That's right. Versus like basketball. or. That's right. I love wrestling. I wrestled here, uh, coached here. I complain every time they cut a program. And to your point, in the meanwhile, I don't go to the events. I don't. I don't kick in. I throw a big fit every time they get ready to cut a program because there's there's no attendance. But in the meantime, I don't buy a t-shirt. So you know, I'm as guilty as anybody else. I suppose. Well, what do you th- What do you think the solution is for that then? Well, I think what jiu-jitsu has done nationwide has been fascinating. I mean, just the numbers that they're bringing in. It's it's the same people. Um, but there is a financial element to it. There is a cleanliness element to it. There is a uniform element to it. Um, and then when it's time to compete, there's a, a lot of lights and cameras as well. You know, wrestling can't get on the front page, but the coaches don't even dress like front page news. They, they don't belong there. They mm. put a wrestling mat out and 10 chairs on each side. Who, who wants to go to that? Where's the cheerleaders? Where's the beers? Where's the nachos? I feel like, you know, it could be a level of excitement. Is uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu part of uh, collegiate programs? No, it, no, it's not. But I mean, it is those same guys, and they played UNLV this year for Abu Dhabi uh-huh. for uh, the championship. In fact, Dana White bought the rights to, to Abu Dhabi for the next one. They announced that yesterday. It's a big deal. UFC Fight Pass is making a, a massive commitment into into grappling. Okay, good. Can I ask you? What you have a very guilty look a, on your face. What, <laughs> what I think might be a sensitive question, sure. perhaps a personal question. 
Did you watch the premiere of Power Slap? Yeah, okay. And you're right. That is a tough one. Yeah, where do you go on that? And maybe you could give me some guidance. Um, No, I did not, but I feel as though I did. I I read all about it. I saw the replays. And then, uh, surprisingly to me, is apparently they have competition. There's somebody else in Vegas uh, doing a slap league. They, they made it to TV about a week before Dana did. They were in a cage. I mean, I thought it was Dana's pro- uh, uh-huh. project, but it's not. Um, and my, my only point is I didn't know that there was room for two. I didn't know there was room for three. I didn't know there was room for one. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, let's, let's see how they do. I want to be very open to it. I really do. I, I've never seen a football game or a hockey game. I know what they are, but I've never watched a, a full one. And I would like to have more hobbies. And maybe that slap is one of them. So I have an open mind. But I don't know how they're going to convince me there's a sport going on if you let the person hit you. Right. I'm open to it, but I think they're going to have a hard time. They're going to yeah. have a hard time with me. Well, it's weird because, like, when you're watching UFC 1, 2, 3, you're like, oh, fuck, this is going to be huge. Like, you know it's going to be huge. Yeah. And then I saw the, the TBS commercial, and you're like, how, how is this? How, why are they getting behind this? Like, how is how does this have it's, legs? It's really, really weird to me. I, I, I struggle with it as well. Yeah. Um, and... and, and <laughs> I remember when Jackass came out, or when it was going to come out, I remember thinking, yeah, there, there's a, this is something that, that would resonate. What we're doing, it's wild, it's crazy, I think I can picture it being really popular. The problem that I envisioned us having is being allowed on TV. Sure. You know, like, uh, they, nobody's going to show what we do. It, we became rather nimble and working our way around the rules and kind of jumping through hoops and a little bit. We, we found ways to get away with showing what, what we do. I don't know how this is on TV. Sure. It's no, crazy. I wanted the same thing. And, you know, so it's already done. Everything that we're seeing is already done. They're acting as though they're, they're just presenting this, but it's in the can. And I only point that out because, you know, they've got a live audience there or, or even the, the officials that were overseeing. Now, those are the same guys that you see overseeing the Octagon. Right. You know, because it is the Nevada State Athletic Commission, <clears throat> so they apply the officials. And there was just, there was a lot of support there that I, I think is helpful, but I think it still does come down to, why, why are you guys, why are you letting the guy hit you? Why are you letting him hit you? Right. I've never driven around town and seen a studio where it's, hey, come in and sign up. And I've never <laughs> met a guy that goes, oh, I'm a coach and I teach people to slap by that just hasn't happened to me. Yeah. And if you don't have that kind of training, if you don't have that preparation, right. if you don't have that sacrifice, right. to, to me, I don't I, I don't know that you're a sport. Right. The, the, the point I was making before yeah. about how I pictured Jack as being popular, but us having trouble getting on TV, it I I don't I, I don't necessarily feel like power slap is even like Maybe it is popular, but there's something that about like what what we did that was kind of cute, silly, clever, you know, as well as dangerous. Sure. And the slap thing just doesn't feel like it's that, you know. Like I, I love a great, you know, wild and crazy thing, and I. I I struggle with it. I think it's good in short form, like uh, like a nice TikTok right. clip sure. of somebody getting slapped and knocked out. But I don't think long form, 30 whenever, minute. Yeah, whenever I saw it before, it was always just looked like a, a backyard wrestling operation. Yeah. Like kid, like like guys that 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 are doing it on their own. It's like, ooh, what are they doing? But they're crazy and like they're just kind of like in a, in a uh, official capacity, in a like mm-hmm. regulated format, it, it just, it feels, but I'm very interested to see 
like how it performs on a commercial level. For sure. sure. And I will tell you this, I have had more conversations and, and been more inundated, whether it was clips online or the conversation we're having now uh, with Slap, than I ever have been with Bare Knuckle. Just by example, okay. Bare, Bare Knuckle has got this great production, they're paying good money, they're bringing in uh, very nice crowds. Uh, but I, I belong to a gym. I belong to an MMA gym. We've, I've had teammates, patient Van Zant, by example, that's going to do bare knuckle. We're not in the sauna after practice talking about bare knuckle fighting. But everywhere I go, they are talking about slap. And I don't right. know, you know, how that translates. If that's a good thing, it's a bad thing. But there seems to be something at least uh, ripe for the taking. If Dana can grab those stories, yeah. and there is a story to tell, and he's a masterful storyteller, if he can get us enveloped, uh, he's going to have something here. But yeah. the action itself, uh, that's not going to do it. And I think a cage fight does. I think you could watch a cage fight oh, on mute and understand 100%. what's going on. I think. Sure. Yeah. Gonna, we're gonna need. To, we're gonna need a story. Why are you guys here? What brought us here, and why are we? Right. Why are we doing this? It, it, it's very well put. Um, t- talk to us about your uh, your your YouTube. How, how sure. many people are you are involved in? the the production of the chill channel on youtube sure so we have uh, four people my my partner ryan is in california and i got a little studio just uh, right over here about a half mile away with the bad guy coffee yeah yeah that's yeah. right yeah or is it mean street, mean street coffee, coffee. Yeah, yeah, yep. okay i appreciate you knowing that though and then we have two two folks that come in the studio along with me to help produce it and edit it right. and uh I never thought I would be doing that. I mean, I must tell you, like, I can remember being in first grade and freshman year in high school, and the very first day, the teacher said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would always write President of the United States. But I never would say I wanted to be a personality on YouTube or I want to be sitting in Dutch right. Brothers talking, you know, visiting with Steve-O. Uh, it just wasn't a thing. That wasn't the internet. Right. wasn't a thing or YouTube. And so I, I really do feel very fortunate about that because I enjoy participating. I like to talk about it. And, and in this particular sport, if you're not in there throwing the punches and the kicks, it's very hard to participate. So uh, I do feel lucky to, yeah, to be able to announce or talk about the other yeah. guys because I'm still a fan, you know. My, my competitive time left, but my time in the sport hasn't left. But you, because you have the studio here, but then it feel like when you're on the road, you just get in a hotel room and start going. That's right. So my partner flies in, and yeah, we'll we'll convert a room. I'll stay somewhere. He'll stay somewhere. We'll get a third room and turn yeah. that into the studio for a week. How cool is that? And like, uh, how quick and easy is that? And it's so fresh in your head that you just get right into your hotel room and start talking about the fight. I think it's great I, to yeah. go right after. And our numbers are totally different too. You know, if you if the fight ends and we can get right to the market, if we wait a day and we used to do that, we used to a Sunday was off and then you come in on Monday. But our numbers would be, I mean, we'd do uh, 80,000 on one, 800,000 on yeah, the other. You know, totally. it, was, it was that big if you could be the first to the market, which is why we had the studio. So we'd come right from, right from the arena, pop in the room, and try to get it uploaded. Yeah, yeah I love it. I mean, That's it's great. a game, right? Some people, uh, I don't think they, they show a lot of respect. If you have a successful YouTube channel, people think, oh, that just happens. Like, well, no, there's actually a lot it's that a lot goes into work. it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot, lot that goes into getting that uh to the audience. Same with Michael Bisping too. Like his channel is great, and it's like yeah. it's my go-to for UFC news. You and my and Michael Bisping. Thank you for that. He he's killing it. I, I watch Michael's stuff every day too. Yeah, he's Michael's doing a great good. Job. He mixes it up and he does some fun stuff too. Um, why are you out? I uh, with if Jake Paul fights. Okay, because I don't think it's going to happen. I want to feel right coming and telling the audience. The boxing community has set Jake up uh, to very large extents. I mean, they already did this once. They told him, go fight Fury. Now, they didn't want to see the fight, and they full well knew that if he went and had the fight, they were going to take the credit from him and say, oh, this guy's never fighting anybody in the top ten, and he's not a real boxer. And Fury's got a combined record. All of his opponents combined, I can't remember, but it's something like nine wins against 125 losses. It, it was absolutely insane mm. if you go and take the, the six guys that he boxed. 
that's well and good, but the community told Jake to do the fight. They're telling him this is the one we'll get behind. Let's encourage it. The old man's a, a character. His brother Tyson's the most respected guy. And they're just setting him up for failure. And so I, I don't really feel like coming and telling the audience to watch this fight that I don't think Fumbles is going to show up to. And moreover, it turns out uh, that it's going to be held in Saudi Arabia. So there will be the money for those guys are going to throw down the... Yeah. Uh, the cash. So now it's a lot more likely than if he was going to come over and do it at Madison Square Garden on his own. But, you know, I, I, I'm not comfortable believing it's going to happen. I don't think the guy wants to box him. You think they can even sell out Madison Square Garden? I know that was Dana White's <sighs> beef of like, he's like, yeah, it's hard to put on a fight. It is. It Especially sure is. at MSG. You're talking about Tommy Fury. Yeah. yeah. And that's the problem. I don't think Tommy and Jake Paul could sell at the Garden now because don't forget, they had done a million dollars and it was filling up pretty nicely and uh, they had to refund all the tickets because Tommy right. didn't get on the plane and come do it. So I don't think you could come and burn that same market twice. What about T. Wood? Were you, were you shocked when he got knocked out shocked. the way he did? I was shocked. And it was a hard hit. Yes. It was the hardest hit I've ever yeah. seen in boxing. Yeah. Fucking. yeah. And then face down with the butt wipes yeah. promo. Well. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. yeah. He's really good, Jake Paul. And that pains people to admit. I don't know why, but that really, people did not want to give him or his brother credit for being tough guys. But they are. They were tough guys in high school. They were all-state wrestlers in Ohio, which is a very competitive state. Um, and they got into the boxing, and they really shouldn't have had enough time to be this good. Even if they were training twice a day, every day, four years isn't that long. To be as good as he is, to go out there and beat Anderson Silva, for goodness sakes. His brother went the distance with Floyd. I don't care about that size difference. You went, you went 30 minutes with Floyd. Good job. Yeah. Um, and, and for some reason, people don't want to say that about him. But see, I saw what you saw. He hit him hard. He hit T. Wood hard. He took hard shots in the meanwhile. He's got very good feints. People people don't quite understand how important a feint is, but you can't just get it. You're not born with it. Sometimes you're born with power, but you're not born with the ability to, to do a movement and get the other guy to... It's like a chess move, right? That's right. And so, you know, to watch him go out and do that, you know, while being tired, while being attacked, that's it, though. Yeah, I know you're fooling around, but that's what it is. <laughs> Uh, I, I went to high school with guys that were jerks that would do that and go two for flinch and for some reason yeah. they got to punch you in the shoulder. But that's a real thing if you can get a guy flinch. You can get T Wood to flinch and freeze up so you can come in and land that hook. Man, Jake deserves credit. They they didn't want to give it to him. I but, could be wrong, but didn't Jake just uh, reach out to Nate Diaz to well, say he signed with PFL, which is another MMA organization, uh -huh. and that's like the biggest curveball of all. Like now, Jake Paul is committed to fighting MMA, and he challenged Nate Diaz to uh, two fights: one MMA, one boxing. Boxing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is an interesting thing, mm -hmm. and and he's on this uh, this uh, like fighter advocacy thing. Like, uh, what, what do you what do you make of it's like that? Like a fighters like, union, yeah, type deal, yeah. Something along those lines. He hasn't been extremely clear, but yes, he wants to have something for the fighters so they can come in and they can, they can bargain a little more collectively. Uh, I know that uh, uh, medical benefits are, are a huge one. I've heard a number of guys say that. And when they do say it, I don't want to tease them. Like, that seems like a nice thing to, to want people to have more. I like that. But it does concern me. I go, wait, do you guys not have it? Because Dana didn't get it for you. Like, he's your father. Do you not have Do you guys not know it's at one phone call? And you get set up, and you. Well, and, that's the and thing I do with, wonder about that. With like Francis Ngannou, when yeah. he was like, "Yeah, that was one of the things I'm arguing." But I'm like, "You're making eight million a fight, or whatever that is. It, it's four hundred dollars a month for ins Thank health you. insurance. Like, you can't just pay Thank for the you. year, right?" It's a simple question: How much do you value health? Well, I value it enough to make sure that I have my Athletic Greens every day. AG1 from Athletic Greens, the most delicious, comprehensive, convenient nutritional supplement you can get.
period. It's the best. It's got 75 different vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. And like I said, delicious. You start off your morning with one scoop in a pint of water and it's all of your nutrition needs, man. It fills in every gap in your diet. Plus, it helps with your gut health, your cognitive health. I'm telling you, this stuff does it all and I value it above everything. I value it with my health because I attribute my health to it. And if you go to athleticgreens.com slash Stevo, they're going to hook you up, dude, with five free travel packs that have your comprehensive, convenient nutrition for the whole day, plus an entire year's supply of immune-boosting vitamin D. You can't beat it. It's uh, a deal worth jumping on. Athleticgreens.com slash Stevo. And, uh, man, get hip to it because this stuff rules. Now, let's get back to jail. But... I don't know. I mean, maybe there's other things in the contract that he wasn't sure. talking about, but like, you're t- you're a you're a, a independent contractor. Yes, it's just, right. It's, it's I the mean, blanket statement of every independent contractor right. in the United States. Very clear that that whole hang up was about being allowed to box or sure. not. So the the health insurance is a real red herring in that conversation. Yes. It's uh, got nothing to do with it. And, and by the way, and by the way, what what do you predict there? I mean, so yes, it's about the boxing match, and now Tyson Fury's come out and says I want to do the boxing match, but we don't have a promoter that's got distribution or or a pocketbook or a ring for that matter. So so how are they going to do that? Because I didn't see a value in Engano. Right. I saw a value in the sitting UFC heavyweight champion with Dana White. Carnival Barker in your corner. If you take that out of it, I feel you took the value out. Am I wrong? Um, you're not wrong. And I think that the what you're pointing to is, is what is so wrong with uh, the dynamics of boxing. People say, but look at how much money these boxers make. And... I would say that, and look what happened to the sport because it's so disorganized, and and there isn't a, a a promotion that's really got a control of it, and that's why the UFC is doing so well. I would say that the biggest problem with uh, an Ngannou Fury fight is the fact that Ngannou had to wrestle his way to victory against Cyril Gon. Like uh, the the striking wasn't there against Cyril Gon, so. What's to make us believe that the striking is at the level that's going to make it worth watching Fury and Ngannou? Yeah, I see that as problematic as well. The the fact, and great job to Ngannou for having that weapon that we didn't know yeah. he had, turning to that tool, digging deep. I mean, he, he deserves a lot of credit for that win over Surreal, but I saw that too. We're not talking about Surreal versus uh, Tyson, and Surreal was clearly the better striker, right? So I think that's an interesting spot, and I, I it does concern me for Francis. I, I don't think... Because it all comes to Genesis is Conor McGregor fighting Floyd Mayweather, but some guys seem to be missing. Conor McGregor did not get $100 million to fight Floyd Mayweather. The two-division simultaneous champion with Dana White in your corner got $100 million to box. And I, I feel that perhaps Francis is, is missing that. And, you know, he sure seems like a gentleman to me, Francis. seems yeah. like a very nice guy. But this one is a, it's a miss, and we don't know how old he is. He, he's at least 36 years old, and that time goes fast. Now you got a bum knee on top of it, man. Yeah. Should have taken that $8 million, in my opinion. You don't know how old he is? Yeah. What do you mean? 
Well, he, so where he comes from, it's very tough to get records. It's it's very tough. And so he's saying he's 36. He doesn't even know himself? Well, I, I don't. he could take a great uh, offense to that. I, I don't want to go down the road of offending him. I'm just sharing with you. He claims to be 36. I'll, I'll see you that he's at least 36. He could be older than that, though. And I'll tell you, in this sport, man, it, it, it changes. It changes yeah. quick. You know, he was blessed with, with, with some very yeah. beautiful DNA, but it does catch you at some point. At the same time, though... The last thing to go is power. Yep. And so heavyweights are going to last longer than the lighter guys. It sure. sounds like you can just count the tree rings on his tree trunk legs. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the, the real pisser about it, though, is that when he did emerge against Surreal as a wrestler that we did not know he was, he became a lot more interesting in MMA. Sure. And now he's just left. Like, sure. You know, you really wanted to see the 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 the, the evolution continue with yes. Ngannou. Oh, Francis versus John Jones. I mean, for our entire industry, you co-promote any way that you want to do it. That is the biggest match our industry could could produce. That that was something very special. John taking three years to go put on the size. You know, I disagree with John on that. John was saying I need to weigh 240. Saying this about it, I got to weigh 240 to beat these heavyweights. I think he could have walked right in there weighing 206 and beaten all those heavyweights. I, I don't think that John has ever fully understood quite how good John is. Hmm. I was getting ready to I was getting ready to fight him, and I was on a conference call with him, and he was talking about the things that he had to do to beat me, and he was talking about the things he had to do to be uh, the best light heavyweight ever. Who he was saying was Tito Ortiz, and I'm listening to this going. There's none of those things that are true. You're going to kill me, and you would kill Tito, too. <laughs> and he was and like I'm 21. Sitting, yeah, I'm on my phone. Yeah, that's right. He's a 21-year-old kid. I got to go show him this respect. But I knew he was better than he knew he was. I, I guess maybe uh -huh. that, that's my point. And uh, I think that that's one of his strengths. I think the fact that he does still get scared, that he does uh, you know, still, still see these guys in ways that they could win, I think that's one of the things that keeps Sean sharp. But, yeah, we'll only have to wonder what would have happened if those two would have fought. That would be a special night. I mean... <laughs> I wonder if John Jones watched Israel Adesanya go up to light heavyweight and just get held down by sure. Jan Blahovich and think, ooh, I don't want to do that. Let me put on some weight. Sure. No, it could be. You know, I know I know that John shares the practice room with a lot of very meaningful heavyweights. Uh, Travis Brown comes to mind. Alistair Overing comes to mind. Uh, Andre Arlovsky. You know, but these guys were champions. These guys had, had real good. And, and they'll be the first to tell you, you know, we, we couldn't really deal with him. He moved too well. He was too yeah. long. So I bring that up really as a compliment to John. I think that he also burned three good years of his life. I think there's yeah. some, some real good moments to have there. And I can't relate. I was, never, I was never good enough as John. I wanted to be world champion. John won so many world championships, he gave one of them back. He goes, here, you take it. I couldn't imagine giving one back. But, yeah. uh, I mean, that's another level of success. Or even Francis to walk away and give a belt back. I couldn't even imagine. I, I was critical at the time when uh, when when he vacated the belt. I, I said, hmm. Um, the, the tell for me was that we had seen so many champ champs up to that point. Mm -hmm. The goal is champ champ. Sure. There's no, nobody ever gave back a belt to be a single champ in another division. Sure. So that indicated to me that, uh, that, that I don't know, it, 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 it was weird. And I remember, too, because, uh, you know, we, we were out in Albuquerque with John Jones, you know, and staying at his house. And, you know, at the, at the time, he was uh, fresh off of his controversial win over Dominic Reyes. Uh, he was doing his, uh, I'm going to go save the world with the CARE project sure. thing, and he invited us out to be a, a part of that. 
And, um, you know, he was really outspoken about, you know, there's not enough pay, I want more money. And uh, I, I told him, I said, I think that the, uh, that the way to get more money is to understand that everybody wants to see you lose and your last fights were so, so close, you know, people even arguing that you didn't win them, that people really believe now is the, the chance to see John Jones lose. Sure. That's the leverage, yep. you know? And uh, to your point, three years away. Yeah. Well, that's what's keeping the Jake the Jake Paul uh, experiment uh, above float, too, is that people want to see him get beat. Yeah. And, yeah, if John would steer into that just a little bit, I think he's got a very favorable matchup with Surreal. I think that uh, I'd really like to know what happened with Stipe. I personally would just like to see Stipe in there more. Stipe believes he's going to fight the winner. I, I don't know if I'm if I'm bullish on that. You know, if he, you couldn't get the fight with John now, you, you've waited 14 months to get it. He waited. If you can't get it now, what, what's going to be different six months from now? So let's see how that all plays out. But I I would like to leave you guys with one thought on that, which is when John left three years ago, he, he put, you talk about burning bridges, he put he put C4 all over that bridge. He didn't know how to detonate it, but if he would have known, he would have blown that bridge up. I mean, he was not coming back and everything's going to be changing. You're going to give everybody different things or you'll never see me again. He's now back and with a raise and into a world title fight. Francis was a gentleman. We, if we're going to tell the story accurately, we do have to say that about Francis. He never used profanity, never raised his voice. You know, Francis never made any threats, and he's a very intimidating guy. And my only point being, if John can come back after what he did, Francis can come back too. And if I was to make right. a prediction, he's going to. Right. Yeah, Francis has a rude awakening coming. And, and I will tell you, I don't think he meant to disrespect Dana White. But to sit down and tell Dana there's problems with Dana's contract... After everything that Dana did and the way Dana changed the sport, now you're going to sit down and you're going to tell Dana, I mean, Steve, well, let's just change this. Dana sits down with you and tells you how to throw a jab. Then he tells you how to throw a cross. Then he tells you uh, how much you should be eating and sleeping. And now you go, wait, leave the fighting to me. You bring the bells and whistles, I'll bring the action. It's like, exactly. So why are you telling me how to do the business side of this? You're not going to change my contract. You're not going to change the way that I do things. Francis wants to have a meeting before every single fight he has, and I know he doesn't mean that as rude. He thinks that's a respect, but there's not enough time to have those kind of meetings. Dana puts on 11 fights every single Saturday. It is so disrespectful for you to imply that we're going to sit down and talk about talking. we got to get things done quickly. Right. And yeah. that's just the reality. If you don't understand that, you're being rude to me, even if you're not trying to be, but you are. What kind of a time frame do you think um, we can see the boxing not work as well for Francis as he hopes it might and for him to come back to the UFC. Yeah, I'm concerned with that. Six months. Sure. That's a great guess. Uh, so Tyson Fury came out last night, just in case you guys didn't see this. Tyson Fury comes out last night. He says, hey, Francis Ngannou, I know that you're no longer under contract with the UFC, so let's you and me fight. And they've always talked that they're going to go make a sport up. They're not just going to box. They're not going to do MMA. They're going to create something. So Tyson laid out what that is. He said, we're going to do it in a cage. We're going to do it with four-ounce gloves. It's going to be Queenberry rules. And Mike Tyson is going to be the special referee. And it's like, okay, now see... I grew up with guys that would ask the girl out, but but then they'd put LOL. Hey, we should go to a movie this weekend, LOL. It's like, oh, but that's what Tyson's now done. Putting Mike Tyson in there as a special guest referee was laying out a plan that you'd really like to work, but you're not sure anybody's going to sign off on it, so then you went too far with it. And I, I just thought it was silly. I'm going... 
Tyson, if you can't get this done, if you can't find somebody with distribution and a platform to, to scoop this up, this is a huge miss. This is a massive, massive mistake. And why are you guys going off to make out your own sport? Yeah. Like, what's on the line? Your reputation has got to be on the line or his reputation. It can't be we're doing this for nothing. It's got to be one or the other. Do Queensberry or do Unified Rules of well, MMA? What's but Queensberry? Queensberry just means Western boxing. Okay. Yeah. They like to call it Queensberry. If you're a real prick to show that you're a boxing historian, <laughs> you'll throw out the term like Queensberry, which is precisely why I, I just, it just means Western boxing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, it, it's really interesting. I, I hope that, that Scott's right. Six months. So. Well, I mean, it's like with Dana White's always trying to plan something or somebody's like wants to start their own thing. He's like, go for it. Do you have any idea how hard it is right. to start right. something like right. I mean, yeah. that, that, that documentary, Three Letters, I mean, you saw how hard it was to get the UFC off the ground. It's like, well, you're right. just going to do that now? That's right. That's right. right. Um, so he doesn't saying. know he's being disrespectful, Scott. He does, Francis doesn't know he's being a jerk about this. Telling Dana, we're going to sit down and talk before every time I have a fight. Dana's got 556 guys under contracts. He puts on 11 fights every Saturday. There's no one that he can sit and talk with. The, the hotel before we check everybody in. I can't. I'm not going to talk to you every week. The, the the airplanes before every plane ticket. I'm not going to talk to all of them, and I can't talk to every. I got to be able to text you. I got to go be able to do a step further, which is something that Dana did last night. He goes to a press conference and he announces Glover Teixeira versus uh, Jamal Hill for the light heavyweight championship. He hadn't spoken to those guys. They had never agreed to fight each other. They never agreed to go five rounds. They never agreed it was going to be a title fight. And they were going to meet in Brazil. Dana knew he could count on him. He goes to a press conference, he's in a jam, he's got a light heavyweight fight that goes to a draw that wasn't supposed to do that. He goes and makes an announcement and they both make the boss look good. That's that's what you do if you're actually on board. Francis wants to sit down and talk. He doesn't know he's being rude, but he is. That's extremely rude and, and the world doesn't work that way. We don't have time. Who's giving yeah. him that advice? I his, haven't the foggiest idea. He his dropped manager? his He dropped his manager. He dropped his manager who was a guy with CAA, Markel, who'd done a very good job. And then he was getting advice from many people, but he actually handed it himself, which is one of the reasons this was a problem. One of the demands that Francis made on top of health insurance, he demanded that there be a fighter advocate at every meeting like the one they're having. And Dana's looking around going, Francis, first, I don't give guys meetings, but I'm giving you one. Secondly, you didn't bring an advocate. You could have brought an advocate. You didn't bring one. You fired your advocate. So you're telling me to provide an advocate for all the guys. First off, if I provide the guy, he's gonna be he's gonna be helping me, not you. And secondly, why didn't you bring one if they're so important? And that was just a little bit of the conflict that they ran into, where, where you, at some point you're looking around, going, "Man, I, this isn't worth it." You guys want to fight or you don't? And I will tell you, the right guy always stands out. Like there's never been an Olympic Games in in the history of the world where reach open, I slap Steve O as we're watching something. I, go, I, I could have won this. You know, I set this Olympics out. It doesn't work that way. There's never been a World Series where so well, you know, I could have done this. I don't want to play this year. The right guys will always come forward. Now, number two Ooh. and three and five and ten, maybe not. But the gold, the best will always step forward and take his credit. Except for uh, Simone Beals. Simone Biles. Biles. I remember you. Uh, I loved your take on yes. that. Because it, it was the truthful one. Right? It was disrespectful <laughs> mm -hmm. to all the people who worked so hard to be in the Olympics, and then she's just going to not compete. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and the bigger problem is, you know, and she was having some mental issues with that. Sure. She, uh, the, so the rumor goes is that in America, she has a prescription for Ritalin. Tokyo's who hosted the Olympics, and if you fly in there with Ritalin, it's it's a banned substance, like we would say with, say, cocaine, just by example. So she didn't bring her medication, and it did play some tricks on her mind, and, and I do believe that, and I do accept that. What bothered me is where she was being praised. She was taking a right. bow for the strength. It took strength to stand aside and put my health in front of sport. Like, oh my God, no, it didn't. And then I watched all these other gymnasts that were worried about 
taking on Simone. So they all said, oh, hey, bravo, Simone. I said, no, <laughs> absolutely not. That was a weak move. It was a terrible move. If you would have said this a week ago, we could have flown somebody else over that had the opportunity. Instead, we're, we got all these girls that are sitting around for another four years begging for the spot that you've got, and you're there, and you're not going to make the walk. Come on, get out of the way. Yeah. I love that. Can I ask a question? Change gears on wrestling and, uh, no, stick with wrestling, but uh, it was B Bilal Muhammad just on Rogan? Yes. And he was talking about the Dagestani when he went over there to train. Yep. What is the difference between American wrestling and the, the wrestlers in, in Dagestan that are so good? I mean, bears. What? They Man, wrestle right. bears. Yeah. It's cool to wrestle bears. But it's not cool to look like a bear, dude. Come on, you need to have a good, clean shave. And you don't need to spend a bunch of extra money on that. That's why I use shaving products from harrys.com. My five blade German engineered razors, they get it done. No lights and, and vibrators, nothing. It's just what I need. And I've been using it for years. I'm never going back. Harry's is how I shave my face. And if you want to go to harrys.com slash Stevo, man, is there a killer deal for you. I feel sorry for the people who don't take advantage of this offer because you're going to get the Truman Shave Starter Kit with everything you need. Five-blade razor, weighted ergonomic handle, foaming shave gel, plus the travel cover to protect the blades. It's everything you need. It's a $15 value, and they will give it to you for just 3 bucks. If you go to harrys.com slash Stevo. Telling you, man, I got it on Harry's years ago, and I'm never going back. So, harrys.com slash Stevo, and let's talk about these bears. But, but is that, like, what, is there a different style? Because he's like, you, they do not let up every minute, every second. They will try to win every match. But if you took... Like, is there is there different styles of wrestling when it yes. comes to that? What do they do differently that makes them so good? Are they that good? You know, you're a wrestler. You can, I mean, if you were at the university and you wrestled somebody, like, how would you do with in your prime with one of them? Like, what what's the difference? I've met in my life, and I used to live at the Olympic Training Center. In my life, if I really sat down and thought, I probably met three people, and maybe four, that have won an Olympic gold medal. Why, guy, I met that person, and it was an Olympic champion. I was in a sauna in the UFC, and there was a young man in there that nobody had heard of, and his name was Khabib Nurmagomedov. And he was speaking in the sauna, and I was just over overhearing him. And he said that he lives in a village of 2,800 people, and of those 2,800, 21 are Olympic gold medalists. And he lives in Dagestan, and so I was much like you, what are you talking about? 21 Olympic champions in this little village, how could this possibly be true? And we do have a different style in America, like what you'll know is folk style or collegiate, what we do in the NCAA, is not what's contested in the Olympic Games. Uh, that's international wrestling, freestyle Greco-Roman, that's all they do in Dagestan. And nobody fully understands why they're uh, so successful as a region. Uh, most of the boys do go into it. It's um, funded by the government. And it's very important by powerful countries to win a whole bunch of medals uh, because you're, you're showing the, the power of your military. If your athletes who are mm. overseen by government, who are trained, who are, if your athletes can't win, why would your military? It's the exact same thing. You've wow. either got good leaders or you don't. So when you see people like the U.S. where you'll see Trump actually show up to the Olympics or Obama show up to the Olympics, but they'll be sitting next to Putin, they'll be sitting next to Xi, they'll be the, the, the leaders of powerful nations understand the threat of our military is directly tied to our medal count. And Putin will fund heavily 
um, wrestling in Dagestan. He, he wants those medals. He wins them, but then he, he, he feels, and you can track it historically, he feels that I can back an entire nation down if I just show you how many Olympic champs I've got. And he's right. He's wow. right. I've you go look at the medal that. count, you compare that to, to who's the most feared in the world. They're hand in hand. Was that why this, the psychology was so different when uh, when Germany lost the, the track and field race or whatever that was, and Adolf Hitler was there, and he just was like so pissed off? that his guy came in second? It, it's a very big deal, yes. I mean, you, you saw this with, uh, Iraq might be a great example. You heard all those terrible th- that, that Uday Hussein used to do to the soccer players. He'd put their legs in vice grips and you know he thought he could just threaten them into playing better. You know, he didn't understand that it's a process and you gotta start them at eight, nine years old and, and really test these people out. But uh, it, it is amazing to me. A lot of people don't know that what I just said, where the top leaders do look at the medal count as a sign of, of showing their uh, power of their military. Wow. But if you go look at the middle count, you look at the military mites, you know. Yeah, I the didn't know that. The best general never fires a, a shot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And it also, when you look at it that way, makes me not mad at the Russian athletes for the doping. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever it takes to win. Yeah. 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 The but Russia was famously uh, like excluded from Olympic competition, mm-hmm. right? They had to be change the name. They couldn't be called Russia. Yep. They were like the athletes of the Soviet region or something. Yep. yep. And they still let them in. They won it. You couldn't then win it for Russia. The athletes got to go, but they're on hold right now. They put the Russians on hold and they put the Belarusians on hold because of what's going on with this conflict in Ukraine. Um, you know, and it hurts. I mean, it's it's a really big deal. Those are those are powerful. They have nothing to do with it. Um, right. I, I suppose that's a conversation for another day, but uh, I'm trying to think of the name of that, and now I can't think. It's one word, yeah, but I don't know that those like athletes knew they were cheating. Or, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can't think yeah. of it either. How, I, go ahead. I, um, okay, we, we, we spoke with Ariel. Uh, just before, and uh, Hawani. Yeah, Ariel Smokes marijuana? No, no, we spoke. Oh, <laughs> smoke! <laughs> that really disappointed me. I, mean, I know, I know that you, I know that you potheads have won this argument, but there's still a few of us that don't like it. That would have broken my heart. No, no, no. <laughs> we're, we're sober guys. So really? Yeah, yeah. We've been like all three of us uh, are. We've lost our license to smoke marijuana. Yeah. That was really funny. That was like, really. Hold on, like you know, oh, do you know any so other aerials? So sad, Ariel. <laughs> Going to that we, side. We smoked with no, we spoke. Okay. <laughs> God, I'm glad I uh, didn't enunciate that word. Um, and he, I asked him, I said, do you have any fun insights or, you know, questions to ask Chael? And he, and he said, he said that your wife, Brittany, yep. salt of the earth. Oh, thank you. Packs your suitcase for you on sure. every trip. It's true. You have no idea what you're going to wear, where you're going, until you open up your suitcase and find what your wife, Brittany, has, has packed for you, and she includes snacks and treats. And That's true. Stuff. Does she that leave little true. notes in your lunchbox? Yeah. Yeah. And I got a note, yes. Well, and you know, like anybody, you'll take things for granted over time. And yes, yeah. she, she treats me so nicely that I didn't know. I was just making conversation with Errol. I wasn't really, and, and I happened to be, we were filming as I was doing it. So he's like, well, read that note to me. Uh, so at any rate, yeah, apparently that's not overly common. Apparently I need to be more uh, appreciative because he's like, man, I've never, my wife has never packed my bag for me, let alone snacks and left me a note. So yes, yeah, Brittany's the best. And um, and then when you get to the hotel, you never leave. 
Never. <laughs> why not? I don't know, but that's my idea of a good time. Like Brittany and I will go to Las Vegas. We love Vegas, but we're not Vegas people. We don't like we don't gamble or we don't have a nightlife. But just that energy to look out the window at 3 a.m. and know you can go downstairs and get a steak and eggs. Like it just puts you in a good energy, or at least it does us. So we love room service. We love uh, to to rent some movies while we're there. Um, she's really big into if you can get a bathtub, and then some places like will even give you a robe and slippers. But that's our idea of a good time. So no, yeah. I don't ever leave. I get to that room. I feel like I had a great time. You know, three days later. But uh, that's my idea of a good time. Is in the room. I like to watch Netflix. I like to. Yeah, that's the other thing that that Ariel said. That you're the only guy on earth who still buys a movie on the yes. the hotel yes. room TV. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I look forward to them though. That that's that's a good time. Falcos. No, that's not what it's called. Nope. No. It's not about What's that. the documentary? I can't believe you can't remember uh, it. I, I, and they, they called the guy. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out about the Russian doping. He's yep. like, oh, yeah, that's me. I do it. Yep. I dope all the Russian yep. athletes. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you can Google it. But Danny. some of those guys, those guys didn't know. Like, I will tell you, I mean, that is a very sophisticated world. I, I don't know if anybody's failed more drug tests than me. But the other side of it is I don't know if anybody's gotten away with more drugs than me, right? I mean, they, they got me over, like, seven substances, but I was on at least 17. Like, those tests, are, <laughs> Wait, yeah, those tests aren't all that good. <laughs> well, they go around and brag, oh, we're so good. It's like, hey, take it from me. you got a lot of flaws, guys. Guys, but I'll share this Icarus. with you. Icarus, yes, Icarus, yeah. Icarus. 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 Icarus, Icarus, one word. But Thank what you, I'm Jeremy. saying to you is, it's very sophisticated, and those guys aren't all that sharp. And you know, they have the government coming in. You take this, you know, just like calisthenics. Okay, start doing your jumping jacks. Here's a handful. Swallow it with one hand. Shoot this with the other hand. I mean, those athletes really weren't. They weren't in the know. Can, can can you tell us some of the ways that people cheat drug tests without throwing anybody under the bus? Because oh yeah, you were the, you said you were on seventeen of them and they only caught you for seven. Yeah. What's this secret? Well, besides, uh, I don't want to say. Well, that. it's changed over time. Uh, like like moreover, uh, here here would be a great question. I think this is the one that you're you're asking me. How are guys getting away with it now? Yeah. And right when Usada stepped in. I mean, we had champions who, the day Usada steps in, they have never won another fight. Multiple champions that had never won another fight. You got the incredible shrinking man, Usada steps in, all 205 pounders are now 185 pounders. It was very obvious, I'm just sharing with you, that now it's coming back and you're starting to see it. And I was very curious and I called some guys that, that were, were experts and masters and cheating. Just said, God, I gotta know, how are they doing it? And one guy tell me, he said, well, the rumor is, and he said, but I don't believe it. He said, the rumor is that they're microdosing, where they just take this little tiny bit and they just take it every day, and it either doesn't show up on the test because it's so small, or it's thresholds, you're, you're within the limits. And he said, but I don't personally believe that. This is what everybody's telling me. And we can take one look and know who's who's cheating and who's not. To try to get those guys to talk or try to explain it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very competitive it's a real competitive edge. If you told one guy, even if it was your best friend, you tell one guy, then he tells a guy and tells it, and all of a sudden you don't have that advantage anymore. But the, there, there is a number of ways to get away with it. Where I'm more concerned is kind of like you're saying with the Russians, which is uh, I don't believe that they knew that they were cheating. I don't believe that the athletes knew they were doing something like that. And there is examples where where trainers or coaches can get it into uh, their a athletes drink. without the athletes. Sure, through their drinks you've heard of, through their foods you've heard of, but they can also do it with topical creams and, and, and things like this. And, I mean, we've got two gyms in this sport where every one of them, not most of them, not 90%, 100% of their guys from both of those gyms are in gross violation, but they get away with it. And I always wonder, okay, is that, do they have real good secrets or is somebody at a different level administering this? And I, I don't know the answer to that. And that would be speculative and that would be very, uh, very dirty, what I'm suggesting right now. But wouldn't they get caught? You would think. If they were, if they were. You would think, but look at the Russians, didn't it? Until they did. Yeah. 
Man. That's wild. Yeah. Um, and that's a big one that I just sent out there. I, I'll, just, I'll just share for you. It, there are two gyms. It's 100% of the time. You look at it and you go, my God. You look at all the cornermen. The cornermen are juiced out of their mind. You go, okay, are you guys all you just really good at keeping your mouth shut? Because most fighters aren't. You could telephone, telegraph, or tell a fighter. The word's going to get out. These guys can either keep a secret or they don't know that it's happening, which is possible. It is possible. I think secrets are pretty hard to keep. Though. Yeah. Yeah. This happened in uh, with a Turkish wrestler in 2012. And the guy made the Olympic team, and he denied that he was cheating when Usada caught him, just like everybody does. But there was something different about his denial. And people go, yeah, that's right, that's right. But where the guy goes, there's something different. He, I, I, I believe him, that he doesn't know. So they tested the food, and they tested the drink, and they finally looked into it, and he had a trainer. And the trainer used to massage him at the end of the night. Oh, oh your right. shoulder. All, and that's it was on his hand, and he would put it in through a, a substance called uh, uh, DMSO. And DMO, so it's topical. It used to be for veterinarian use only, but it'll take anything on this and it'll bring it inside right into your veins. So we would have the testosterone and he'd have the EPO and he'd have it mixed with the EPO. Oh, let me rub your shoulder out. Oh, and every day he would do that. And he, and he juiced this athlete. He took him from number five in the country to number one in the world. But they caught him. They got hit. They pulled his Olympic berth. They found out the trainer did it. They let him go to the Olympics after all. I'm just sharing with you that as wild and, and crazy of a story as it is for me to even suggest that somebody could be dosing an entire team, like, uh, yes, 100%, it's possible. Yeah. Wow. And, and has happened. I mean, in, in, back in your day, you probably fought a lot of people on juice. Yes, definitely. And, uh, fuck. Yeah. It does make a difference. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It was part of it. I mean, that was very easy to beat back then because that you knew when the test was going to be. It wasn't a drug test. It was an IQ test at that point. Um, but, you know, now with what they <laughs> do with USADA, yeah, now it's now it's it's much tougher. They can come and they can come often. Uh, but Bellator does not have USADA. Is that Correct. right? Yep, that's right. That's right. And your last fight was uh, in Bellator against Tito Ortiz. I fought Machida was my last uh, fight. Okay. Yeah. I fought with Tito. Right, uh, in Bellator. Yeah, but my last one was, uh, gosh, and it feels like yesterday, but it was years. Uh, 2019 with Machida. Okay. Yeah, yeah my mistake. Um, now, at the time when you went over to Bellator, you were in the UFC, still had fights remaining on your contract. And somehow pulled off what seemingly nobody else has. You got out of your UFC contract and into Bellator. Yes. How, how did that happen? Well, and so it wasn't overly complex. I, I've, I've gotten a lot of credit for that. And I was even able to announce for both. And people were like, oh, my God, Chael's got it figured out. But it, there was no secret recipe. It was just, uh, hey, Dana, can I do this? Hey, Coker, are you, are you good with this? And it just, it just happened to work out. But I don't know how badly... It was an interesting spot where where Dana was kind of pulling back on some older guys. And Coker was going, no, those guys are still fun and they've got some life in them. It was kind of a, a conflict between the two uh, organizations. So, um, yeah, I think it just timing-wise, it, it worked out for me. And, uh, you know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt when people like you. I mean, it, yeah. that doesn't hurt to, to have a friend on the other end of the phone. But right. we were able to work that out uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. Pretty quickly. Allowed for a good opportunity. That, 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 that's epic. Um, with uh, I think that, that you had the USADA thing going on too, which would certainly played into it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. I just I had just ran that out. I had the deal with a, a suspension. I think is what you're talking about. But I had just ran that out, and that was a tough one. I mean, that was a real tough one for me. I go before this commission in Nevada, and they bring in an expert witness, and the expert witness, and I had pled guilty. I went in there and said, "I'm not going to put up a defense. Go ahead and punish me." 
did I tell you or what? I mean, this guy just owns up to it, mans up and takes accountability. Plus, we agree that performance enhancing drugs are kind of cool, man. I mean, shoot, I use them. They're called blue chew tablets they enhance my performance and i'll have you know uh blue chew tablets enhanced my performance with lux uh night before last so you think jail got punished <laughs> lux got punished when i took my blue chew tablets so let me just fill you in in case you're not hip to this what's a blue chew tablet it's a delicious chewable tablet that has the same active ingredients as both viagra and cialis yeah but it only costs a fraction of the price and for the listeners of the wild ride podcast get a load of this you go on bluechew.com you use the promo code Stevo. You consult with the medical provider right there on the website. Super quick, super easy. Prescriptions taken care of. And you got an entire month's supply of Bluetooth tablets absolutely for free. All you got to pay is five bucks for shipping. <laughs> Unbelievable. And again, like, I love Bluetooth tablets. I use them. I punish Lux when I use them. And you're going to love them, too. They're a really good time. So go to BlueChew.com, use the promo code Stevo, enjoy a whole month's supply of Bluetooth tablets, just pay five bucks for shipping. Yeah, dude. Now, let's get back to those other performance-enhancing drugs. But it was hard because I was being accused of legal appropriate medication. And they brought in an expert who comes in and says the word steroid six times. And so we kind of argued and go, hey, wait a minute, we're not here for steroids. And the commission didn't understand the difference. And we even had a commissioner say, are you putting up a defense? Like, yes, if you charge us of bank robbery or murder, we're going to defend that too. We're not here for steroids. These are medications. TRT. That's right. TRT yeah. was one of them. Um, uh, sure. But, but they actually banned TRT. So then there was like clomiphene and HCG, which is what you have to do if you come off of TRT. It was completely appropriate. And they had, they had changed the rules. So we kind of go, okay, fine, we're, we're going to fall down on this, but you're saying that we're in violation of something called WADA. And I said this to the room. I said, you're a room of experts. Let me make this real simple. Tell me what city WADA's in, and I'll sit down and I won't say that. We're going by WADA rules. Tell me what city they're in. I go, let me make it easier. You tell me what state WADA's in. You're the experts about to punish me. You tell me what state WADA's in. I'll sit down and I'll, I'll take it on the chin. My final offer, tell me what country WADA's from. And... To this day, they haven't answered that question. And I do bring that up. It's very relevant. You tell me we're going to go off of a set of rules from an organization that nobody even knows what country they're in. We don't. They don't have a phone number. I can't call and see who's in charge, but I'm supposed to know what their rules are. That's a bunch of crap. And they said, yes, it's, it's incumbent on you. So I'm the lowest form of society there is. I'm a cage fighter. I'm right down there with a <laughs> prostitute and the guy that's selling this. But that's how I'm to be looked at. You're the government. You're the government, and you can't tell me what city, state, or country they're in, but I'm supposed to know their rules? That's not right. And they said, well, don't you know that what you took is a performance enhancer? I said, guys, let me be very clear. I would never take anything if I didn't have a reasonable expectation that it would enhance my performance. I'm not looking to go down. I'm only taking things that enhance. In right. Performance enhancer, those are positive words. Right. Those aren't negatives. And then this guy comes and he talks about steroids. It's like, I'm not here for steroids. No, I'm here for legal medications, not steroids. But it was I was jammed up, and they didn't understand the difference. It, it's a really interesting point that you make because I've thought that, like, 
any athlete that you know for for my entertainment purposes i would like their performance to be enhanced like <laughs> please enhance my <laughs> yeah you know, very like, weird that they acted like that was bad it's like do you guys know what the fda is i mean the first thing that you have to prove to the fda is this is make somebody better what do you mean performance I mean, enhancing is a bad how thing? exciting was jose canseco mark mcguire sure. Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean i would that's, that's the only the... time i watched baseball <laughs> when they're <laughs> smashing 600 foot dogs mark, mark dogs. mcguire and he credited something he said and he credited something said he got it at gnc and i was in my car i was 17 i was in my car i was down to gnc so goddamn fast <laughs> they were all sold out it was called a deca i can't think of what it was now but yeah he said this is what i'm taking and you couldn't find it it was off the shelves but it was a lie it turned out to be growth hormone he should have just told us yeah it's the same thing with lance armstrong it's like lance just tell us these are helpful things you're doing something really amazing here don't lie about it yeah you john cena and the rocker the liver king who we saw a week ago it's like guys stop lying these, these are good. If you figured something out, tell us and maybe we could do it. Yeah. Right. You know, wow. athle athletes have given it a bad name. I, I don't suggest that athletes do it to cheat like I did, but I'm just talking about for every everyday citizens. You know, you had, you had Stallone and uh, Schwarzenegger and Suzanne Summers all came out 20 years ago and said estrogen, testosterone, growth hormone. These are wonderful things. And then you get guys like Lance Armstrong. They're afraid to tell Oprah like he's scared of Oprah. Just say, I took some growth hormone. I, I never understood that side of it. The Rock yeah. lies about it to this day. It's like, Rock, what are you doing, man? <laughs> tell people, help people. Right. Yeah, it's like watching Terminator 2 without him doing steroids. You're like, I wouldn't watch that movie. It wouldn't have been a great movie. Sure, but there's Rocky. nothing illegal about a guy doing it. Like, athletes have given it a bad rap. Athletes yeah. have get, But those guys aren't athletes. They're humans and they're citizens, and they're living a better life. Why well, not, do you think he gets people? a bad rap because, like, uh, you know, T.J. Dillashaw... Uh, fought Cody Garbrandt. One was on, one was off, and it made a difference in sure. their careers. Is sure. that a, a good argument for it? Yeah, I think that it's fair. Yes, yes. But if they're both doing it, there's no excuses. That's right. No, it would level things out. Yeah. yeah. Right. I came through and was kind of the face of uh, the testosterone era, and it was legal. We were allowed to do testosterone, and it got really hard to regulate. So, so one day where they just pulled it out and said, you're done. But I knew other guys that were like me, but they weren't candid like me, and they said, well, it didn't help me anyway, and it was my hard work. And it's like, well, but let me tell you the other side, it did help me. It made me stronger, it helped with my recovery, it made me better, that's why I was doing it. But there was something, I, I don't know, guys were scared to say that, they're still scared to say that. And athletes have given testosterone and growth hormone a very bad rap. Show me a doctor that puts either one of them down. And that's an open challenge. Find a doctor anywhere. Go online. You get yeah. mil and just Dr. Drew's all about right. taking testosterone. Amazing medication. Yeah. Right. Doctors will tell you to be very careful to make sure that you consult with an endocrinologist yes. and do it right. Yep. Use and versus abuse, for right. sure. I uh, like ha have it on my to-do list for the last like six years to make an appointment with an endocrinologist. Mm -hmm. I just haven't gotten around to it. Should I? I yes. Mean, it sounds like I should. Talk to yes. Uncle Carol, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm 48. Yes. 48. It's yes. Time, time for me to start. Yeah, I mean, they just have levels, you know, you go into a blood draw and they can show you, but use versus abuse is very tough with human beings. A, a human being, hey, you need to. Well, two is <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, he's a recovering I'll alcoholic. Take, yeah, you're so. talking to three. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. So it's normal. Yeah. If they had a, a pill that would cure alcoholism, we'd crush it up and snort it. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. That's yeah. so funny. Um, Can I ask you about, uh, are you still, do you still talk to Colby Covington? Yes. Uh, a lot? 
what, uh, yes, yes. What, what's what's going on with him? Is he going to fight Hamzat? Is he? Hamzat is going up to middleweight. The word on the street yes, is. Yes, that's right. Is that confirmed? By the way, do you have it's that confirmed? confirmed? Okay, but the word because I'm the hearing the same rumors. Yeah, yeah. That, that's been the talk. Is get Colby and Chimaev together. Two best wrestlers. That's right. And Two I will just cardio. share with you. Yes, that, that Colby will do that fight, but. It's got to be a number one contendership. And that has been something that's very unclear, where they just can't promise him that. With the thought that if Kamar Usman regains the championship, putting Colby against Kamar a third time, they just can't commit to it. And Colby's like, look, if, if you want me to fight, anybody else fights Jemayev and beats him, they got to be a number, you know, fight for the title. You got to give me the same thing or call somebody else. And he's not wrong to say that. I mean, right. to, to, he, get, he you know, to sweeten it. that pot just a little bit, yeah. He does deserve it. He is the clearest number one contender that there is. But there's more to the story. He's had a, right. a couple of cracks at it. So, but he's a big draw too. Yeah, you can't do Covington Usman three. I don't think so. It's no, but not, you could do yeah. Leon Edwards Covington. Sure. Well, yeah, of course. You, you have should to do, that. do Leon Edwards. Scheduled that. Sure. <clears throat> That's happening in London. Oh. Um, yeah, it's Richard. I mean, it wasn't the. It was a question mark whether Usman could fight because I believe he had a, a surgery on his hand. Yeah, on his hand. But he's apparently recovered, and they're scheduled, and they're fighting in in London. Um, which is great, but yeah, you can't do Covington Usman three, like uh, Covington Hamzat. God, that would be great. Sure, especially with Covington calling him. I don't, yeah. I don't even want to Come get shot. on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's got to sure. be the funniest. But you see where that'd be frustrating. If Colby goes and fights Shemayev, it's going to be very obvious that if Shemayev wins, he gets to fight for the belt. So Colby's going, well, but i got to have the same thing. Yeah. Um, and you see what the problem is. I think you hit yeah. it on the head, which is, hey, you've already tried twice. We're just not right. going to do a number three. I, I think everybody here understands but where there, everybody else is coming from. Is there a dollar amount that it makes sense to where it's like, all right, I won't fight for the title if you offer me? Yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. It, it, there would have been an argument if Covington Usman 2 was a closer match than Covington Usman 1. Sure. But it was not. The, sure. the first one was a very close match. The second one was not close at all. So that really ruins a three. And you can't even do a three anyway when it's not a rubber match. Yeah, but I agree with that. When but, it's not a true trilogy where you flip yeah. them. Yeah. Well, can you say that Usman does now have that, you know, his, his chin's not so strong. And it, it's a different story after there, a fighter gets knocked out like that. There, there's an argument there that no great promoter is ever going to make. Right. Yeah. <laughs> My champion's got a compromised chin, folks. Right, sure. Everybody line up and buy your tickets now. Yeah. <laughs> I hear your point, though. It just seems as though... And I do hope that uh, Shemayev goes to 185. I just think that's the right move. I, his life in general will be better. You know, trying to beat that scale... Yeah. That'll end careers. People really don't realize that what goes into beating that scale the day before. But, I mean, that, that is where the longevity of your career starts to diminish. Ooh, that, you remind me of a question that I've asked a number of people. What do you think about if the inspection zone, right before you go into the octagon, yep. where, the, the, where the, the official's putting the Vaseline on your face, what if the inspection zone, you were standing on a scale? to reveal how much weight you had put sure. back on since official <laughs> yeah. weigh-ins the day prior. I would love that. I would get a kick out of that, But too. would you love yeah. that as a fighter fighting 
I wouldn't mind it as a fighter. I will just tell you, like, as a fan, that's interesting to me. When guys will put that science back on, that's really interesting. And some guys, you, you'd be stunned where some guys' minds goes. Like, here, let me give you an example. Daniel Cormier was getting ready to fight Stipe Miocic the second time. He finds out that With Stipe... Yeah, Stipe. <laughs> uh, that was Rumble Johnson. Okay, okay, okay. But Daniel knocks out Stipe. They're going to do a rematch. Stipe shows up. He was 248 for the first fight. Stipe shows up at 231 for the second fight. He, like, went vegan, and nobody could figure out what the hell was going on. I mean, it moved the line. People tore their tickets up. But when word gets out to Daniel that Stipe is going to weigh in at 231, Daniel goes and cuts weight. So Daniel's coming in about 250, which puts him at what, 25 pounds under the weight limit. He didn't, for whatever reason that I do not understand to this day, he did not want the weight scale to be that lopsided. So Daniel goes and gets in the sauna and pulls out as much weight as he can to get closer to Stipe's weight, which was a weird thing to do. But I'm just saying that, that that's the point. If guys had to get on the scale, they would do weird things. Mm. They, 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 you know, Numbers don't lie. It makes guys behave in a very odd way. Daniel being 25 pounds underweight and going to a sauna to get closer to his opponent because there was a rumor that he was coming in. Like, that's weird. But he did yeah. it. But he did it. He's a normal guy, and he did it. So those numbers, man, they, they make people do weird stuff. That'd be a kick if they got on right before the... the yeah, right, right, right there. He's stepping in. And, and of all the people I've asked, I asked DC... Uh, Bruce Buffer. Ask Bruce. Like, like, like nobody's with me on that. Sure. But, but it's, it's you and me. I think they're not with you in the terms of, are you going to get a commission to sanction that and actually do it? Would it be interesting from an audience perspective? Yes, that, that's fascinating. What guys weigh on fight night is, is yeah. very fascinating. Well, how, how much, I mean, what, what's the most extreme you've ever seen somebody blow up after a weight? Like, uh, you know. How uh, much weight they put back on? Yeah. Again, 20 pounds. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's been 85 pounders that have weighed uh, 207 the next day. You know, 185 one day and 207. But I got to remind you, this is back when IVs were allowed. So, you know, you'd go to your room and get IV'd and get, get rehydrated. And, and, you know, some of that 15 and 20 pounds would come uh, really quickly and easily. They don't do that now. So, you know, you're closer to... Why can't to, you do IVs? Uh, 12 to 15. They they banned them. A great way to flush illegal drugs is to then just run an IV. So if you were to take performance enhancers, this was the Lance Armstrong method, then hook up to an IV and flush that through your system... Then the testing agents can come and you'll you'll be clear. So Usada to get ahead of that just banned uh, IVs. It's like drinking a gallon of water before you uh, take a drug test, maybe. That's yeah. like, uh, but that yeah. never works. <laughs> yeah. you know, people always like yeah. you know the drinking the vinegar juice before a drug test. I got I, I got caught with it in a, taking a drug test in high school with. Um, pee in my pocket I, out of the old apple juice sure. things and the lady was like what's that and I'm like what's what and she's like ding 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 on my, and I'm like oh fuck I'm sorry <laughs> it was where'd pretty, you buy that by the way like the, the internet yeah, no 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 it, it was just like one of those Martinelli's apple juice okay you know that looked like an apple yeah and I peed in it and I took it into a drug test. Sure, no, I go. Oh, it was your own pee, though. It was my own pee. Oh, okay. and it was my buddy's pee that was sitting there. All right. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to get a job at PetSmart cleaning fish tanks. Nice. And I failed the drug <laughs> test. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, so, I, so. I had Lesson learned. <laughs> I had a drug test um, when I was 19 years old that I was going to have to take. And so I like drank a gallon of water and... Uh, Fell asleep on my friend's sofa and peed on the sofa because I drank too much water. And <laughs> or like, like you put a pube in the thing and it contaminates the yeah, test and you know. can't take it. Um, Is that like... Uh... One other thing about uh, that I'd like to see. Um, we're watching the UFC fights without fail. Every time, tail of the tape, you know, introducing the fighter, we see the odds going into the fight. Mm -hmm. You know, we know the who the, the odds makers favor. Um, sometimes, it's actually pretty rare. Going into a round two or a round three, they'll show the live odds and how the odds have fluctuated since the beginning of the yep. fight. 
I would like to see, as a rule, the beginning of every subsequent round, all the time, show the live odds and how they've fluctuated. Sure. I, I, I just want to know that. That's sure. the closest thing we get to open scoring. And uh, not, not that I'm saying open scoring is great, but as a fan, I'm always very interested to see the odds, and, and I'm even more interested to see how they're changing during yeah. the fight. I think that's interesting, too. I, I enjoyed watching the uh, the last presidential election, but they were showing that, like, as the states were coming in, the right. odds were moving all over. But that changed it. I mean, it, it does change something as a fan. Numbers don't lie. So anytime you can get those numbers, like what right. you're suggesting, it does add to it. What do you think of open scoring, by the way? Uh, there's an argument that... Both ways, right? Yeah. There's an argument that you get people coasting through fights. It makes fights more boring. Sure. You know? Um, better to... You always want your cornerman to tell you that you are losing. Sure. <laughs> you know? Sure. And to have official knowledge that you are not losing is not good for the fans. Yeah. I agree with that. And there is a massive excitement at the end of the <laughs> night when you don't know. And Bruce Buffer makes the right. announcement. It's, right. it's a big deal. And you would be taking that away. And uh, I know a lot of commissions are looking at doing that. Dana and Scott Coker are against it, and I think that that should be the final say. Not commissions, not athletes, not any, but the, the promoters who have to find a way to make this profitable are right. saying this hurts the product, don't do it. I think that they really need, a respect needs to be shown. And so far it has been. But it would change it. I mean, there is something that is, is compelling about that. I think that showing live odds as a rule is the compromise that makes everybody happy. Sure. They do it anyway sometimes, so you can't argue about uh, whether you can do it or not. Or yeah. Do they do it in any other sports? <clears throat> you know, in, in other sports, betting odds are a little bit taboo to, to acknowledge. Like, yeah. you'll never see it in football. That's right. Um, yeah. When you were fighting, were you looking at your odds? I was not, but that's an interesting point that you make. Yeah, they don't really do that in football, do they? It's very taboo. We, we got in front of it. I think that they'll catch up, but you're right about that. Uh, no, I never was. Not, not when you were actually in there. But I was so exhausted in there. It, it is such a tiring sport. I came from wrestling. You know, you worked every single day just to be able to go six minutes with another guy and hold up. He's going hard and you're going hard. Then you get into this and it's 25 minutes. I mean, it was just, it was so tiring. I only bring that up because you asked if I was looking at the odds. I wanted to know where to look. And if I saw them, I wanted to know what they meant. Like, it is insane such a, a zone of every breath, you know, every drink of water of just trying to, to get another beat. I wouldn't have been able to calculate it. If I looked up and saw, I wanted to know what it meant. I got to go deal with this guy. It was different. A wrestling match, you're trying to score points. That in a fight, the guy's trying to damage you. It's it's different. There's nowhere to stall. There's no no, no way to eat up clock in a fight. Yeah. Very different. Very um, nerve-wracking in that, in that regard. Yeah. Back to Colby Covington. Yeah, <laughs> we. I love Colby, dude. I, I mean, think he's fantastic. I, I, I've said this so so often that I'm just so invested in disliking him. Sure, he's just he he's he's masterful at making you dislike him, and 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 like with with Jake Paul, within anybody who's uh, in this digital age, it it doesn't matter if it's positive attention or negative attention. It's just attention is the most valuable commodity known yep. to man. Colby Covington is masterful at getting attention, albeit very negative attention. Um, you being <clears throat> the original trash talker guy, you know, like you were the first, like. Right? I mean, was there a, a, a prolific trash talker in MMA before you? No. no. That was an art that you uh, brought over from, from wrestling almost. For sure. Yeah. And since you, like, clearly McGregor was the, you know, became the prolific trash talker. 
And then there's Colby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, again, it's effective. I'll never miss a Colby Covington. Sure. I mean, I'll never miss any fight. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm addicted to, to the sport. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts about trash talk in general? Like, well, yeah, and I, I have my, own, I have my own views on it. Um, but, but I had a code, and I stuck fiercely to the code. I was called by Sports Illustrated the biggest shit talker in all of sport. But I had never used a four-letter word. Never. You'll never find anything public, written, or audio. I've never used a profanity, and that was one of the things I would never went after anybody unless they were in front of me. If I ever did go after somebody, I would always show up, whether I felt good or not. I would, I would go to that ring and, and answer for it. So I mean, I just had, I had my own little code, and I had two different jurisdictions. Uh, threatened to not give me a license. I had a guy named Kaiser out of Nevada who said that uh, that I am not an example for little kids. Wow. And I was really thinking, I'm going, Keith, I've never used a bad word. Like you've got, what are you, what are you talking about? But yes, because of my, my trash talking. And I only say it because it, it wasn't all that bad. It was just, it was the first. It was way ahead of the time for right. its time. And it did catch people off guard. And it was just a, a meaningfully, uh, a difference opinion. A lot of people thought that respect was about bowing to someone's face and putting a knife in their back when they turned around. I will tell you to your face, I'm gonna put a knife in your back when you turn around. And there's a big difference in that. You think that one's honorable, but I thought mine was more honorable. So, you know, you reach for yours and I'll reach for mine. And let's see who's fastest. But there's no sense in hiding this. And, I, you know, I appreciate that about Colby. I, I know that his is a little bit different and, and he is a little bit rougher at times. But I do appreciate that, that, that he can take the booze. And if you're a heel, if you're the bad guy, yeah. booze are a heel's cheers. And you don't have very many heels because they can't take the booze. They say they Ooh. want it. They want the checks. They want the placement on the card. But they can't take the heat. They just can't. They can't take it in their real life. You know, these are I'm a tough guy. They're not right. all that tough. They're really sensitive. And Colby's able to take. He's able to take the hits. And someday he will be looked back on, and people will appreciate what he did. But for right now, it's probably a pretty lonely path. Man, that that that's so rad. That's so well said. Um, man. Well, I, it's kind of like when we had Ronda Rousey on the podcast. It made headlines. And it was negative headlines, and then we called her like, "Fuck, is that?" And she's like, "Dude, are you kidding me? I love this shit. I'm the heel. <laughs> sure, like the more the merrier. Yeah. Sure, you know." And it was like a different perspective, like, "Oh fuck, like there's I, levels I, I to that." I remember that well. I was like, "Oh man, gosh, I like I didn't want to bum her out. This backfire on you, and she and she's she like, was... "Are you kidding me? I'm fucking gardening, making headlines." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's fantastic, man. So what's next for Chael Sonnen? Governor can I, can Sonnen. I throw, yeah. Soon to be. Can I throw one at you guys? That uh, Conor McGregor. I I am a bit of an advocate for Conor. I feel like I'm in a big brother role where he goes and does something, and I have to come and explain it to the audience. But he took such a bad rap in his last fight. Just to remind you guys, he, he breaks his leg. Right there. Yeah, he's down on the canvas. Joe Rogan's down, you know, yeah. interviewing him, and Conor's yelling about, uh, you know, the, the wife slipping in my DMs. So people tell you know what a jerk he was and what a bad guy. And I said, okay, maybe. Maybe that's what you saw. Or maybe you just saw a performer so committed to entertainment that even broken in half, before they faded to black and rolled the credits, he gave you everything that you tuned in for and more. You know, there, you, you might not understand where the real masters are at work here. 
And, you know, if you don't see that and you want to boo a guy or you want to hate a guy, go ahead. But there's also something that I think that you should appreciate. I don't know which one it was. Maybe Connor was showing us the real him and maybe he's a real jerk, but maybe he's not. And maybe he was so committed to the performance that he played it until, you know, until the ship went down. And I think that it, that, that should be considered. Because I hear Ron and I know people like to say the right things. Uh, Ron is at home crying herself to sleep. It, it, none of that stuff's real. You just try to let her know, Rhonda, these are good things. These are positive and good things. And every now and then you'll get her to come and repeat it. Well, I created an emotion, and that's good. It's like, no, but it really is. F them if they're booing. It, it doesn't matter. If, if they like you or they don't like you, it's good. If, they have, if they're indifferent for you, you have a problem. And I know that some of the heels can come out and repeat that, but they don't actually mean it. They're at home crying in a bottle of wine, and, and that, that's much more the real Rhonda. The real masters of their craft are the ones like Colby that'll sit there with a broken leg and finish this thing out. A broken wow. jaw. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, are there rules to being the heel? Because... People were like, you don't, you don't say anything about, you know, his wife, or then Kobe and the Jorge Masvidal. He brought up the kids. Or you gotta call is him it George around Chael? George, <laughs> is there? Any, does sorry. he know my Jorge? Is it Jorge officially? Is it? Because I want to be right. Is it Jorge? I'll switch to Jorge. But, but are, are there rules that you should stay in, or is it all? Uh, uh, you know, no holds bars when it comes to trash talking. I just think whatever, I, th I think if you're going to be an anti-hero, one of the things that, that all great anti-heroes will have is they will have a code. It won't be society's codes. It won't be laws. It won't be a normal person's code, but it will be a code and they will fiercely adhere to the code. Now, this is the art of the bad guy. Not very many people are good bad guys. Uh, uh, and this includes in Hollywood. Not very many people are good at being a bad guy. But if you're going to be a good bad guy, you've got to have a code. You've got to advertise to the audience what it is and you must fiercely adhere to it no matter what. You must defend it with an honor that's the kind of guy that's the kind of a heel that the crowd will get behind to be a cool heel is the most guaranteed monetizable box office that you can have that would be the rock that would be stone cold steve austin by example to be a bad guy and be a cool bad guy and most don't understand that because they never lay out what their code is and if you're if you've got a code and you're a bad guy so you're telling society i don't need to follow your rules here's a better set of rules you've got to advertise what it is and if you go off script and at no point in there was going after a kid's family or his children, if that wasn't part of your code, then you've broken your own rules. And now you're not just a, you're not a bad guy. You're a bad guy. And there's a difference. Are you going to follow your own code as governor? Oh, yes. You already have it written out? Oh, heavens, yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Things, things will be very different. I, I don't believe, you know, if you, if you were to go through Oregon, I think what, what you would find would be a, a gross misrepresentation. We, we have a couple of pockets uh, that, that sway the vote, you know. When, when, when the non-producers outvote the producers, you have a problem. And, and that's what we have in, in Oregon. We're, we're, we're going to weed that out. Okay, good. All right. I we have no it. choice. Uncle Chael no the governor. So now people got here. The story of the Oregon Trail is a very well-known story, and it wasn't told by people with no, uh, piercings in their nose and purple hair. Right. It was told by good old boys that rode here with a pistol on their hip to protect their family. That's who Oregon really is. We're not, we're not these people that Multnomah County and some of these others try to, try to make us. And if we are, we're going to find out, because I'm going to test that theory. You're going to be like the John Dutton of Oregon. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I love it. I like that, too. And he only said one thing that I really appreciated, which is he said, I am the opposite of progress. I am the opposite of progress. I am for tradition. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yes. We, we, will, we will not be going in that direction. John Dunn, what do, you, what do you think of that? You know, they made a big mistake in the last one. So the girl, Beth, yeah. okay, she gets mad at her brother. Yeah. Because the brother reveals the train station. 
Now, yeah. in the season finale last year, she met him at the train station to take the photo to blackmail like, him. How did she know? She didn't follow him there. She was waiting for him there. She knew they made a big mistake. Yeah. Taylor Sheridan screwed that one up. That's smart. Are you watching Mayors of Kingston? I'm not. Best show on TV. Really? Oh, yeah. I love Yellowstone, but it's drastically Yeah, I'm trying to uh, get them hooked on show. Yellowstone. Yes. Very good. I like 1932. I mean, I appreciate all of those. I don't like this this new mid-season break. You know, you got you got 10 episodes in a season. So they're going to do five, and then we're yeah. going to come back for another five. That is such a middle finger to the audience. Yeah. Yellowstone you don't take a eight break. episodes, and then they have eight more coming in right. May. Right, like, mid-season break. It's no, no. That's a middle finger to the audience, and I, I really think that that's wrong. But Mayor of Kingstown is the best show on TV. That I will tell you. Mayor of Kingstown. Well, what's that on? That's on Paramount Plus. Okay. Yes. There you go. Are you subscribed to Paramount you Plus? Know, <laughs> Jackass is uh, Paramount Pictures Viacom. Okay. They did this thing where the movie comes out, and without. Uh, bringing the movie to uh, Netflix or you know any like a market comparison, you know, to establish its value. No, they just sold it to themselves to stream Jackass Forever on Paramount Plus, which uh, like one would argue is uh, is not legal. And uh, they did the same thing with Tom Cruise's movie, uh, the Maverick. Maverick, and then, there's, an, then yep. there's another movie. There's three potential uh, litigations. Wow. I'm just pissed they didn't give me a free login to Paramount Plus. <laughs> 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 sure, you're thinking about it. I mean, there me a bone over here. I treat my Uncle Charles telling me about a show I need to watch. Yeah, I don't know what am I going to buy. We should do a class action lawsuit with all the people that are... That's right. <laughs> yeah. All we need is three or more, right? Somebody will take that case. Yeah. I love right. it. But right. you want to know the great class action coming up? Can I tell you one more yeah, thing? Please. This is This will be huge. I want, I want this We're on record so people come back. Okay, now let me think about this. Colin Kaepernick, okay? So Colin Kaepernick goes and takes a knee. The NFL doesn't know what the hell they're going to do. So they all get together and go, here's what we're going to do. We're going to boot him so we don't have to deal with it, but none of you pick him up. Deal? Deal. Okay, great. So he's out of the league. He Can finds out. That? Is that confirmed? No. Okay. Oh, no, no. You can't confirm it because he did a very quiet deal, which is guesstimated to be worth about $70 million, where the league got together because that's highly illegal to do, and they had to pay him off. Okay, great. Now, no, you can't. I cannot confirm it. This is what's believed to have happened. Oh, right. What you need to understand is you, you've got this uh, gender movement going on through the NCAA right now. But what, what, what people need to realize is nobody has been recruited and given a scholarship where they were a boy and then a girl or a girl and the boy. They're, that's only happening once they're in college with the scholarship and then they make the switch. And that's very relevant that you know that because at some point, the exact same people, or for the exact same reasons that, that they came after the NFL and Kaepernick are gonna come after the NCAA. And they're gonna say, how are you giving the number three girl a scholarship when, when she lost by five seconds to the, and you didn't give her a scholarship. And at some point, this is how the NCAA is handling it right now. The way they're handling this, this massive, what do we do is don't scholarship them. Don't, but somebody is going to call them on that. And when they do, the floodgates are going to open. And what you know is women are not going to get scholarships anymore. It's going to be, it's going to be a very interesting spot. It's that old adage, be careful of what you ask for because you just might get it. But that's the miss. That's the miss right now. And the NCAA thinks that they're doing this quietly. Like people aren't watching. They are watching. You know, I'm the one that busted Stanford. Did you know that? I didn't. JLP Sonnen. I'm the one that did the uh, standard admissions scandal. 
One hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, they dropped the wrestling program, and I knew why they had dropped the program. And I came out, I went public with it on on my YouTube, and I said, "This is what you guys are doing. You guys are so knee deep in, that you're trying to get rid of all the sports that have been bought and paid for that's illegal." And I said, "I bring wrestling back." Or else we're going to play it the other way. And they brought wrestling back. And nobody really credited me. Only a few people have ever credited wow. me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I'm telling you right now that, 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 that this is the problem the NCAA's got. They think they're getting away with it. You're not going to get away with it. Help me understand how that applies to the Kaepernick situation. So the Kaepernick situation, what the NFL did, they, they didn't know how to handle uh, this cultural outcry of him taking the knee. Some supported and some against. They didn't know what to do. So they all jump on the phone, all the owners, and they go, San Francisco, look, we're going to cut him, but none of you guys pick him up. Let's just get him out of here. We don't have this knee thing anymore and we can move on with football so that's what they did which is highly illegal to do you can't do price fixing you can't do things like this you can't be a, a monopoly and you also can't interfere with a contractual agreement i mean they broke a number of federal laws they got caught and they paid him 70 million dollars allegedly paid him 70 million dollars so uh and, but you have to understand i mean kaepernick is a, a nike athlete which is sitting about 20 miles behind us beaverton, here to, oregon. To the east, beaverton oregon so I mean, when I'm saying allegedly, I'm saying that to be polite. This is exactly what happened. Okay. But I, I tied that in because the NCAA is running that same shell game. Does the $70 million come from... Uh, like, yes, the league. Know, the league, not the league just itself. the San Francisco. Yeah. No, 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 the league itself. Yeah. Okay. Yes, but I, but I bring that to you because the exact same thing is going on with the NCAA. They don't know how to handle this. They don't know what to do. So if you get there on a scholarship and then you make the switch, great. We'll praise you if we can. We'll hide you if we and, can do and that. And you're talking about giving the scholarship to uh, a male who, when the male arrives at the university, becomes a female and has uh, an, an advantage over the other females because what we're talking sure. about is genetically sure. a man the the only folks in the ncaa that are are testing this theory of transgender the only folks that are testing that are people that were already there that's the point that i'm trying to make they're not getting recruited in you're not signing women that used to be uh right. playing as males and and that's how they're trying to handle this and eventually they're going to get called out how often is this ha like it happening because you only hear about the swimmer yeah but is this happening a lot more than we're seeing no no it's very infrequent yeah i mean the doors open to it is very infrequent but eventually you're going to get a head coach in there that just wants to win eventually you're going to put somebody like me in there or if i could have five <laughs> women that are national champions yeah. or i could have five men that have never done the sport but they're willing to say they feel like women today i'm going to take them and i'm going to win the nationals yeah eventually you're going to have people like me that are they're just going to come out and they're vicious and hungry for victory and that hasn't happened yet and the, this is the ncaa's way of, of trying to silence them but th these attorneys are gonna there is that there's that instagram where the, together where, where this like bodybuilder identified as woman for the day and just set every single yep. record for weightlifting yes and that was supposed to be funny, and in funny, some, re some fun. regards it was funny. But, but where, then at what point do you, are you going to draw the line? Sure. Because it's going to start happening. Sure. Well, but it did go all the way up to the Olympic Games. And, and people thought it would be flooded with that, and it wasn't, thank goodness. But, you know, Dana White's had to deal with that, where he goes, you know, you know what guys would do to be in the UFC? If they, if they could cut their dick off and get a contract, with, they would. You know, don't, don't put me in that spot. And he's right to say that. I mean, it, it really is a very uh, tough position. And the way the NCAA is handling it, instead of stepping forward and wanting to be cultural warriors, is they think they're going to they're do this quietly, which they did until today when I just called them out, which is the same thing I did at Stanford. And you can go and trace that. I am the one that broke the uh, Stanford admission scandals. And that, I got wrestling back, and nobody thanked me. The Stanford and, was with Lori Laughlin when she went to jail? and Felicia. She's one of them, yeah. You, you put Uncle Becky in jail? Yeah, can you believe that? <laughs> mother of the year! By the way, mother of the year! That was like performance-enhancing Of course they're here to enhance your performance. Of course a good mother is going to pull strength. What do you think? 
think networking is. That's precisely how it works. When I take my hot-ass wife to a restaurant in New York and I gotta wait in line, there's no line for me. Why? Because when I shook the matrix D's hand, there was $500 in it. That's the way this world works. If you don't have the $500, you sit in the line. If you do and you know the system, you get your kid into Stanford. Not to mention they cheated to get into USC. What is you? you nobody cheats to get into USC. USC is a worthless degree. You cheat to get into Princeton. You cheat to get into Harvard, Stanford even. USC, that's what Aunt Becky did. You know what USC stands for? No. University of Spoiled Children. Sure, I could I could see that, but why would you brag about getting into USC? I mean, that, that was a little bit weird. In all fairness, if her kids weren't good enough to get into USC, it's a little Pepperdine, you know, you, you sprinkle the cheese around. USC? <laughs> yeah. Come on, I think Snoop Dogg's boys went to USC, if I remember right. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I, I love it, Uncle Chael. Uncle Chael, I, I, I want uh, I want anybody uh, with us who doesn't appreciate or know about your YouTube. Yes, please to, tell to, them. To, to to get on there. Thank you're, you, buddy. You're you're, you're prolific. I, we we love your content. That's very sweet of you. Yeah, Thank you, my man. And uh, so should I, 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 I'm remiss. I, I don't know about uh, a Chael son on Instagram. I got to get on there. Is it? Yeah, I got an Instagram. Yeah, I would give the address if I knew it, but I imagine it's Chael Sonnen. I imagine <laughs> that the, the Twitter is Chael Sonnen. By the way, what do you think of Twitter now? You like what Elon's doing? Uh, I to me. Twitter is only for trying to get on the screen during the fights. Sure. <laughs> Fair enough. I, yeah. I sure. I, I don't have an opinion about Twitter beyond I, that. I will tell you what I find most interesting about Twitter is that Elon Musk came in and fired 70%, and my Twitter works just the same. So yeah. what in the hell were those people doing? I mean, how do you come in on day one and fire 70% and the app doesn't change at all? It's kind well, of interesting. Well, I read that like you know all the, all the layoffs in the big tech now, they're, they're following suit. And so... Are they following suit because... Not because of Twitter. They're well, following suit because one of the things is like, stocks were overvalued. But they saw like, what Elon did. The, the question is, is no. it because the stocks are overvalued or is no. it because they saw what Elon did and it didn't make a damn difference and they a, saved a lot of money? It's got a lot more to do with uh, the stock price collapsing on its own without sure. anything to do with Twitter or Elon Musk. That's just the what's going on with the economy. That's what's going on with the stock market overvalued balloon pop. Sure. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, though. Google. Google is the one to, to Google, recently. Microsoft. Yeah. The, yeah. They all laid off tens of thousands yeah. of Salesforce. Google said you never have to come back, by the way. Said you never. You can all be remote work and... I mean, that just doesn't work. In all fairness, you can see where that'd be annoying. And there's nothing you can do on your bottom line. There's nothing to enhance profits faster for any company. It wouldn't matter if it's your mom and pop coffee shop or all the way up to Google, then payroll. Trim the fat. That's right. Then to take a good look at payroll. So. I was in Portland last night. I went to a coffee shop and it had a robot yep. doing the coffee. <laughs> yep. Didn't, weren't we in Portland and they had like That's awesome. topless coffee or something? Yeah, there's yes. a stripper coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you drive through it though. It's yeah. a drive through. Drive so you coffee. have your kids with you not understanding and she comes out with the, with the tassels on. Yeah. 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 No, it's quite an experience. Only in Oregon, yeah. Not, not in when you're governor. No. <laughs> and they stayed afloat yeah. when the pandemic hit, by the way, and all these Oregon, they all hit out from the bo bo boogie monster coronavirus, which is another thing we're going to test when I'm governor, but uh, they did not. Those those businesses thrived. They still yeah. showed up down there because there was just one person. They were separated. Oh, there was yeah. a line around the corner. So are you going to keep them or get rid of them while you're governor? Because they will That's going to sway stay, my vote. The, the, yes, they will stay. All right. They will stay. You got the, my vote. the naked baristas, yes, they will oh. stay. I had something else to cover with you. We got onto Elon Musk. You know, you've been okay, trying to go. rush me ever Dude, since. Ever uh, since I got here, you've been just <laughs> Here's your hat. What's your hurry? You know, Wait. I've gotten that real. You never refilled my coffee. Please you haven't fluffed my blanket. I, you know, re 
the guy. You, pay, you paid a, a false break. compliment to my glasses. Now I was wondering. I want to talk about false. Elon. I really did break that that Stanford story. That's that's no joke. Tom Brady came out. They were holding the parade because he retired. I work for ESPN. I come out. He said he's not going to read. He's going to play next year. Oh, and by the way, him and his wife are splitting up. I told the world this. I got no credit for it. I thought that it was very frustrating. And I'm telling you right now, what they did with Kaepernick is going to go down with the NCAA. And I do I do want that recognized. The NCAA needs to be called out if they want to be wimps about this and they don't want to step forward. They need to know they're going to eventually find themselves in a class action lawsuit. You've got to be giving scholarships out if you're going to contest this. It's a very big deal what I'm telling you guys right now. Very big deal. You know what? Come to think of it, I really don't have anything else to talk to you about. <laughs> Elon on Twitter. I hope your show goes well. Thank hey, you for the refill. Hey, there's, by the way, there's nothing... Uh personal about it we just didn't we normally go about an hour that's the only thing we're, we're an hour and a half in all right we're an hour yeah. and a half in yeah yeah i love it i loved it it was great I, I absolutely loved it i love uh i'm a fan i, I enjoyed the i'm a fan uh, I, was, I was fascinated the entire time and and uh, I, I would hate for you to feel that uh that that wasn't the case. I I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I loved it. And um, thank you for for letting us come to you, man. I appreciate you guys. This my, was yeah. awesome. My favorite chill moment in the history is uh, when you're like, I'm not gonna let you get any closer. I can't let him get close. You can't let him get close. I know the same thing about fighting that you all know about fighting, which is whatever your father told you. And my dad's thing was not let them throw the first punch like everybody else. My dad's thing was as soon as they're within arm's reach, right. the fight has begun. Do not let them get within arm. If you have a problem with someone and they get within arm's reach, it has begun. I, I, if I had children, I would have them watch that to, to, to say this is what a person does yeah. if they encroach on your personal yes. space. Yes. I thought that was very manly. I, I had this group of guys, I mean, just to share, I had this group of guys come to do that. With, they, 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 they wanted to play, and they didn't know who they were playing with, and they weren't as good as playing as I was. And they're trying to say, well, he hit all of us, and we never hit him. Well, you stepped within the space. What'd you come over yeah. for? You said, me and this guy getting into it, and you chose to come. I was behind a door, and I was over here. I mean, they were telling this story. It's like, guys, as much as I pr appreciate the, the stretch Armstrong Bruce Lee that you're, you're making me, my arm's this long. You were either here or you weren't. <laughs> you were all walked up on this, or you didn't. So did you or not? Did I come to you, or did you come to me? Well, we came to you. Well, you came to me looking for problems. You just didn't know who you were playing with. So don't do not do that stuff to me. You take an ass whooping, you got to take it like a man sometimes. So for the record, beyond this is the personal space. Yes. Beyond I can't your... let you get close. Right? I can't trust you. Stay back. Stay back. But you can only back up so far. Right. Back up so far, then sometimes you got you got to go forward. Yeah, what if they're just coming to for a handshake? Yes. Well, they should declare themselves, right? Well, they, should, well, they should declare. That's yeah. where the handshake comes from. Is that's, that, yeah, it's so that you're, you know you're not reaching for the sword. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's as old as time. All right. What if they're coming for a handshake? <laughs> You'd feel pretty bad about that, wouldn't you? Yeah. All right. All right. How do we wrap this? What do we do? We say we goodbye? Wrap, we say huh? thank you. Thank hey, you, buddy. Man. Yeah, thank, thank you so, you so much. You guys are great. <laughs> I genuinely hope that he was just kidding, right? When he's like suggesting that uh, that I was being rude. I wasn't trying to be rude, man. Love this guy. Love Shale. And uh, I, I think I think he likes me too. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I don't love anybody more than I love my street team. That, like I'm on tour all the time. People come up to me, street team means the world to me and if you're a new listener you don't know what the street team is when this podcast started i asked the listeners who made it all the way to the end i said you guys who made it all the way to the end are the most important people to me and i, I want to give love to the guests so if you can screenshot 
like the podcast and post it tagging me and the guest just to let them know that you enjoyed the time with them. That's like the grassroots promotion, the street team, the people out there putting it out there that they love the Wild Ride podcast. And uh, I love everything about that. I'm glad I came up with that, and, I'm, and I love you guys who do that. Maybe give a little love to Chael. Let him know Steve-O, Steve-O doesn't want you to think he was rude. Steve-O loves you, bro. Yeah, and I love you even more. Thank you.